If I haven't met you before, my name's Matt, and uh, as uh, my wife Jacinda said, we're the lead pastors here at Coast Vineyard Church, and it's, uh, it's great to be doing our final Sunday before Christmas with you all. A week out from Christmas. A week out from Christmas. Who's ready? Who's ready for Christmas? All right. Who's done all their Christmas shopping? Wow. Who has done none? Okay, those are my people. They're fine, it's a week. Okay. Who's a bit stressed out because there's a lot to do? A bit stressed out, a little, yeah, a few people. Who thinks no worries? No worries, we'll get, yeah, all right, heaps of time. Does anyone here know why, why we give presents to each other at Christmas time? Any? Jesus gave us presents, that's a good answer. Any, any other? Because he got presents, because he got presents. He got presents from the... Uh, the Magi or the, the wise men, the, the kings, if uh, some people say they were. Um, I want to talk a little bit about those guys this morning, the Magi or the wise men. And um, if you're not sure, quite sure who they are, they are the guys wearing the fancy clothes in the nativity scene. Okay, so we've got a nativity scene up here. So we got this guy. What if the got this guy here? He's wearing fancy clothes. It's a bit of a funny echo when I come up here. Is that is that alright? Okay. This guy over here is wearing fancy clothes. This guy over here is wearing fancy clothes. Okay. So these are the guys that we're going to talk a little bit about this morning. So um, I also saw another nativity scene this this week that was not quite what I expected. We read the story of the Magi in Matthew chapter 2. Let me read some of that to you. Matthew 2, verses 1. We're going to do verses 1 through to 12, but we're going to sort of mix it up as we go. So, just going to read the first couple of verses to get started. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star, and it rose, when it rose, and have come to worship him. Now, in New Zealand, having people come from the east isn't that big a deal. I like... Someone says, I've come from the east. I was like, oh, you know, like Howick or <laughs> Flatbush. Flatbush is really taken off at the moment. And um, this is my pointer anyway, but I'm going to hold on to this because I'm going to be doing some pointing. So it's not, um, yeah, you guys are safe, okay? I'm a nice guy. It's all right. <laughs> but, yeah, someone from the east, oh, so you just, you know, you just popped up to the coast for the day. It's, you know, how things. How's that, you know, how was that traffic down there in, in East Auckland? But, um, 
And if they said that they were wise men from the east, we probably wouldn't believe them. Because <laughs> they're not living up here. This is where all the wise men live. The beaches we've got up here. Um, but no, these guys are... They'd come to Jerusalem, but they weren't from Jerusalem. Actually, it says that they were from another country. So if you go east from Jerusalem, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a bit of a geography lesson this morning. So I'm going to come up on stage, and Kiran might be able to, like, there's something really weird going on with the speaker here that you might be able to sort out, or maybe you could do some magic there, eh? So, okay. It might just be because it's, okay. Okay. So what we've got here. That is really cool, eh? Maybe I'll just might unplug it. Anyway. Okay. London. All right. Coming down here, we've got Italy. And welcome to Giovanni's mom's flew in from Italy this morning. Just, just to come to church to see us. And but also she's gonna visit the family over Christmas as well. Okay. Very welcome. It's lovely to have you here. France, Italy, we've got Greece, we've got Turkey, and right behind the drum kit is the punchline. <laughs> well, that didn't work very well. So just down here, you've got Turkey, Syria, Lebanon, and then Israel is down here. Now, you might be able to see a little bit past the drum kit here. So if you go east from Israel, you hit Jordan. This is the modern day map. You hit Jordan. Now, Jordan was, Israel was kind of all part of that whole area there. Jordan wasn't really its own country back then. So going east, then you hit Iraq, and then you hit Iran. And when they wonder about these Magi, they say that they were from those two places. So Iraq was, um, if you read in the Bible about Babylon, the Babylonian Empire, that was all centered in Iraq. And the Persian Empire, you've seen those movies, eh? 300? Hey, it's just, you're not supposed to admit that to your pastor. That was a, that was a violent movie. <laughs> this, is a, this is not a sword. <laughs> and I've got something to tell you. I am not left-handed. <laughs> Sorry, as a movie quote. That, anyway. So Iran was where the Persian Empire was, um, was centered. So they're saying that these guys came from the east, I think probably either Iraq or Iran. Okay, is that a little bit helpful? So let's zoom, zoom in a little bit. Okay. So these, um, I'm going to come back down here because that's where my notes are. So these, um, these Magi were, uh, they were seen as, they were like priests, they were like prophets, they, they were always looking for, um, for what was going to be happening in the future. They were prophetic, they were into dream interpretation, astrology. Um, again, for those of you that know your Bible a little bit, there's the story of Daniel when the Israelites were exiled from Israel. They were kicked out, and they were taken to Persia, to um, and um, and but Daniel, because he was thrown in with the lions, didn't get eaten. He was a bit of a, a guy that they sat up and listened to, 
and he would he was would have taught them about from the Jewish scriptures how there was the prophecies about a savior that was going to be born in Israel that was to come and actually many of the ancient uh, peoples back in that time believed that there would be a world ruler that would be born in Israel so so you've got these magi and you can just imagine these guys whether it's in Babylon or Persia you know how those guys wise guys you know wise men um, they probably just outside one evening so smoking their pipes it's, it, don't you think that wise people it's just you think of wise people, you just think of, I don't know what happened, what's happened to pipe smoking. It's, uh, it's, uh, but you know, kind of, you know, outside with their, with their wise friends and, and like, what's that? What's that bright star? What is that? And they'll be like, <laughs> I don't know. What is that? It's, it's pretty cool. You come out again the next night and, wise men getting together and you know still there still is there something about this is that and they started thinking talked about how this this star rose um maybe it means something could this be a sign could this be the sign that we've been looking for could this be this this king this ruler that is going to be born in israel and uh, they talk it through and they think what do they do and they think we we want to if this is if this is the king we want to be in on it we want to meet this guy now let's just put this into perspective here if we go back to the last slide sorry this is like um so iran over here so tehran is about there so if they came from tehran to jerusalem two thousand kilometers okay I mean, it might have been a bit closer, but 2000, just 2,000 kilometers. So if you've got a, like, a, I know that there's different kind of camels. Say you've got a, like a 30-kilometer-a-day camel, okay? <laughs> it's about two months. It's about two months to, to get there. So it's not just like coming from Howick up to the Hibiscus Coast. It's a, it's a journey. They're going to have to prepare, get supplies, um, work out how the, you know, the, oh, they're going to, collect the gifts because we know that when they arrived and they they had gifts to give possibly needed a bodyguard because um we all know how dangerous it can be traveling with myrrh um so it's it's you know there's because there's three gifts people often think oh there was there's three of them there may have been more um we don't know but they decided to go on a big trip because they wanted to be in on what god was doing So they're heading east. They know they're looking for Israel. Go to the next slide again. So they're coming. They're coming in this way. They would have hit around here, and very likely they would have been. As soon as they got to Israel, they would have been asking this question: Where is the one that was born King of the Jews? Where is the one? This village. This village. This village. And then they got to Jerusalem, and they said, "Where is the one that was born King of the Jews?" Looking for what God was doing. Let me just stop here because we're going to introduce another character into the story here. This guy called King Herod. So he's a, got a picture of King Herod. Oh, no, let's, we'll, go, we'll go to the other slide, actually, because um, the, one, the one back a little bit. So just so you know, when you get to Jerusalem, a lot of people like, again, I'm, 
I know that a lot of you know this, but sometimes geography is helpful. So this is, again, is a modern map of Jerusalem. This is where the temple was. This is where the Western Wall, the Wailing Wall, is often called, is in here. And this is Bethlehem right behind the drums again, down, down here. It's only about six kilometers. Okay, so Bethlehem's super close to Jerusalem. Just, in, just, just sometimes that's a little helpful just to, to know. So then we get to this guy called King Herod. Now, King Herod, let me tell you about this guy. King Herod the first, Herod the Great, verse 3, Matthew 2 says this, when King Herod heard this, this was that the Magi were looking for the king of the Jews, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So, let me tell you about this guy, and there's a couple of, there's a few Herods in the Bible too, so you might have, that might be a little bit confusing to you, Herod the Great, Herod the First, he's the first one. And then he had two sons that he also called Herod. So that's not very helpful. So you see Herod, Herod King, King Herod, and one of those called himself King as well. So there's kind of King Herod's all the way through. So this is the first guy, the dad, also known as Herod Antipas. No, sorry. His son was called Herod Antipas, also known as Herod, Herod the Tetrarch, also called King Herod. Now, his son was the one that killed John the Baptist, had his head cut off, Okay. So his son wasn't that, that nice. But listen to his dad. Herod the first, Herod the great, Herod the nutter. Okay, that's my special little term I give to him, okay? Herod, listen to this, listen to this guy. He's born a Jew, and he rose to rule all of Israel on behalf of the Romans. The Romans said, you know, they were, they were in charge, and they'd given the delegated authority to Herod the great. He is a political survivor and thriver. He built Solomon's temple, rebuilt Solomon's temple in Jerusalem, more as an act of recognition for himself than it was an act of worship to God. He built Masada, which was a fortress down south, down by the Dead Sea. It was like his little holiday resort, palace, fortress thing down there. Um, built Herodium, which again was another fortress. It was, a, it was a hill that he got shaped to be like an exact cone. Okay, Caesarea Maritima, which is a, his palace on the Mediterranean that he built. But he was mainly known for his paranoia around protecting his throne. He killed two of his brother-in-laws. He killed his wife. He killed two of his sons. There was a saying at around the time when King Herod was alive that it was better to be one of King Herod's dogs than it was to be one of his sons. It's safer. Five days, now this, is, this gives you a picture of just like this guy. Five, he knew he was, when he was dying in his late 60s, he knew he was dying. Five days before his death, he got a whole, like hundreds of people arrested and he put out the order and he said that when I die, they have to all be put to death because I want there to be a feeling of mourning right throughout the country for, uh, at the time of my death. Told you he's a nutter. This is the King Herod we're talking about in this story here egotistical, devious, tyrannical, self-interested megalomaniac. That's what I just jotted down there. So, Okay, and then we get a couple of other characters entering the story. The chief priest and the teachers of the law. Now, these are the religious leaders. These are God's people, the religious leaders of God's people, Israel. Spiritual leaders of the Jewish people. Let's go to verse 4. This is Herod calling together. The chief priest. So when he had called together all the people's chief priests 
and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. He said as he was stroking his cat. So Herod, we find out that was not actually wanting to go and worship. Let's, let's carry on. Verse 9. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. That's cool, that. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. When they opened their treasures and presented him, sorry, then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, frankincense is like, it, like the most expensive perfume of the day. Uh, myrrh was the spices that were, again, they were primarily used for uh, at the time of burial. They were again the most ex- expensive, said to be the, um, you know, the most expensive thing and that you could buy and and, and gift to someone at their at the, as they uh, when they passed away. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And you know what you read in the next few verses is that when, the Mag- when Herod found that the Magi had outwitted him and not gone back and, and talked to them, he gave the order that all the boys in Bethlehem, you know how he asked about when the star was? So he was trying to get an idea of when this baby was born. He gave the order that all of the boys in Bethlehem and the whole surrounding area would be put to, get, put to death, uh, all of them under two years old. The massacre of the innocents, the slaughter of the innocents. Unbelievable actions to protect his kingdom. That's what he's doing. He's protecting his kingdom. So we've met the Magi. We've met King Herod. We've met the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And there's just one other group that I want to introduce to you this morning. Okay, and I'm, and I'm, I'm doing this a little bit out of order. So I um, hope that's okay. And uh, but there's this other, in the, in the story that we read of around the birth of Jesus, there's this group that are the shepherds. And... Um, I know that some of you have had the opportunity to, to visit this part of the world, and um, um, Jacinda and I were there about five years ago. It was just such a treat to actually actually go there. But um, this is modern-day Bethlehem. Um, I know it's a bit blurry, but you can see this is the countryside here. This is not New Zealand, is it? You know, everyone says when they come to New Zealand, they go, oh, it's so green here. Um, it's not green there. It's dry. It's rocky. And um, the only thing that's different would have been that there's more buildings here now than, than there was then. But uh, it's a tough place for sheep. It is. And um, so for grazing, so that's why, um, you know, they didn't often just put up fences and say, this is my little patch. They had to go looking for grass, these guys. And we, we read the story of these shepherds that are 
are hanging, are hanging out at night. And uh, these are not the wealthy. These are not the educated. These are guys that have got their job, and it's to look after the sheep. And so I don't know what guys like that would have, you know, 2,000 years ago, that weren't educated, what they did when they got together at night. You know, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. How's, how's your day? Yeah, it's good. We've found some grass for the sheep. <laughs> you know, sort of sat down for a bit and watched them eat some grass. Um, how about you? Oh, mate, pretty exciting today. Saw a fox. <laughs> Saw a fox. You know, probably would have eaten their dinner and set up some tin cans and started throwing rocks at them. I don't know what I don't know what what they'd do, but but then all of a sudden, out of out of nothing, angels, bright lights big announcement from an angel. I've got a painting that uh, I put up here. It's, uh, I love the way people over the centuries have, have tried to like, what would that have been like? And um, I kind of like that because you, you kind of can just see an angel, but it's bright and they're all like, you know, like, whoa, what's, what is this? Big announcement, good news, good news, great joy. A Messiah is born just up the hill. So Bethlehem's on top of the hill. So these guys would have been through the valleys and, uh, and you know, just up the hill. A Messiah is born. More angels. Loud worship. And then they're gone. So what do they do? They, I, I'm just, they look at each other and probably go, the sheep will be fine. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Now, what we see in this story around some of these different people at the time of, of Jesus' birth is just the different way that people respond to opportunities to, to meet God. And obviously, the, we see King Herod, and his response is, is I will, I'm threatened. I want to protect my kingdom at all costs. Um, it's all about... It's all about me for King Herod. I'm, I, I've got to just do whatever I can to, to lock down this, the, the stronghold that is my, my kingdom, my life. And I can't help but when I look at the responses of some of these people that, I, you know, like turning around and, and like pointing it back at me and say, like, well, what, what, what's it like for me? And I, I, I suspect that there's just a tiny little bit of King Herod in all of us that we, we've got our own ways of, of doing things and of living and decisions that we make around our, our careers and our finances and our relationships. And we go, I kind of, part of us that just wants to go like, oh, I'd love to just protect that a little bit and, and not let God in and... Um, so, you know, because Jesus offers, that's the offer to us, is that Jesus says, well, I'm good, and, and I would love 
you to hand over control of your life so that together we can make this even better. We can make this the best it can be. So we shouldn't feel threatened. Everything that God plans for us in our lives is good. Everything is good. You know, and any plan that he has for us is going to be way better than any plan that we have for our own. You've got the chief priests and the teachers of the law. You know, how, did, how did they respond? We don't really see a lot of them, but it, you get the feeling it's just like just indifference and apathy. We don't hear the, the, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, the spiritual leaders, going like, maybe... Maybe this is maybe this is the Messiah. These guys have come from like, you know, one thousand, two thousand Ks away. They they think it is. What if it is? I mean it's just down the road. It's just six Ks. It's like, you know, it's but we don't hear that. They just and look, these are the teachers of the law. The law is the is the Old Testament. If you've got a Bible, it's got the Old Testament, which is the scriptures before Jesus came. And that was, that was their law, the law and the prophets. That was what they had. That was their scriptures. These were the teachers of the law. They knew all this stuff. They knew that there was prophetic scriptures that told that a Messiah would be born of a virgin, that a Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So, you know, they knew this. They said that. When Herod asked them, they just said, yep, Bethlehem, that's where the Messiah is going to be born. There was prophetic scriptures saying that the Messiah would be rejected by people, that he would be crucified, that his death through crucifixion would be a substitutionary death for our sins, that God would have his Messiah pay for the sins of the world, that he would not stay dead, he would rise from the dead. So they could quote the scriptures, but they weren't looking for God. They weren't looking for God. And again, I look at this and I go, God, protect me from that. You know, you, this time of the year at Christmas, you, does anyone get Christmas cards anymore? Yeah, there's three people. That's nice. Um, but not so much Christmas cards, but you'll go into the mall and there'll be Christmas carols playing. You'll, you'll hear them on the radio. There'll be, there's just things everywhere that point us to Jesus. Like we've got a star on the top of the Christmas tree. There's... There's just so many things in the season that say, look, look, a Savior is born. A Savior is born. And um, and how how do we respond? Do we respond saying, yes, I will say yes to this Savior, you know, as I'm reminded again of, of, of Jesus. Yes. God sent Jesus to be the Savior of the world. Yes, please, to my salvation. Yes, please, to life after this life. Yes, please, to an abundant life that comes as we give over the lordship of our life to Jesus. Yes, please. And we all still have to respond, you know. It doesn't matter if you, how many Bibles you've got in your house or if your parents were Christians and, or even if you went to Kingsway school <laughs> you still got to respond you've got to respond and then we see the magi i mean i like these guys you know 
are kind of a bit new agey and sometimes new agey with all of their kind of like dreams and astrology, they sort of can freak you out a little bit and like, you know, is this, what's going on here? Are these guys tapping into some demonic stuff or, but um, these guys didn't know much, but they, they just got a sniff of the fact that God was up to something big and they just went for it. I mean, I just I love these guys. You know, a thousand miles away, and they went looking for Christ in Bethlehem. And what we find here is we see people that pursue and they find Jesus at Christmas time. Oh, I love these guys. And again, we've got to look almost like turn it around and say, like, with the busyness of the season, with the the fullness of closing off end-of-year things. Um, are we looking for Jesus? Are we, are we pursuing him in this season? And sometimes I know a lot of you are just hanging out like, i just got to get there, and then I've got a bit of a break, and I'm actually going to be, you know, I've got some walks planned or for some time out planned, or I've got some books I want to read, and, and I'm looking forward to really pressing in and pursuing Jesus in that space. You know, but... Um, but he wants to be found. You know, he wants to be found. These magi, they had a hunger to be part of God's plans for mankind. And they met the Savior. They met the Son of God. And then we've got the shepherds. And these guys are cool, eh? I like the shepherds. Again, the, an interesting thing with the shepherds, quite different from the magi. The magi were really looking. And they just, they saw the star rise and they thought, this could be a God thing. I can remember one night I was out on my deck in the back of my house and um, I'm not even sure why I was out there, but, um, but you know, you've seen shooting stars. Well, this was one of those ones that like you see in the movies. Eh? It was like, it started like it was coming straight sort of overhead and it was like, it's, I could see it start way over there and it was like a skyrocket. There was just like looked like sparks flying off this thing, just like coming up and over and over and over and over and over, just kept going and going and going. This is the best shooting star I've ever seen in my whole life. And um, my response was, um, that was cool. <laughs> it wasn't like, God, is this a sign? I mean, these guys, didn't, these guys just saw a star. They didn't have sparks coming off it. Well, it might have done, but... Um, and these guys, is this a God thing? And um, I just love that, that just in the midst of their lives they're just looking for God shepherds very different they were just looking after sheep but God broke in and he does that to us from time to time catches us completely off guard and the tough thing about that is that it all sort of happens in that instant and you've got to make a decision you've got to make a decision what do we do well, we can't leave the sheep. I mean, they might have taken them with them. It's like all the nativity scenes would suggest that, but there's only ever two, so it's like, uh, well, they just took their two favorite ones. I don't, I don't know. But, I mean, this is their job. This, and, and it's like, oh, my job is to look after these sheep. And I'm thinking they're like, too bad. <laughs> this, is, this is too big, too important, too much of an opportunity We'll just, you know, if they wander off, we never find them again. Too bad. This is, a, this is my day to meet God. God is somehow broken in. And he does that to us. Sometimes in the most unexpected ways. I've been in movies 
and God's just just planted something just in my heart, you know, and um, and I just I love that. Angels saying, "Go find the Messiah," and they just went. In our Coast Vineyard here, we've got people from all different kinds of backgrounds. You know, some people have come to know Jesus from a life that has been lived far from Jesus. We've had other people that have grown up, and it's all I've known is they've grown up with a um, in a Christian family that has you know church on Sunday and praying together and worshiping together and has been just a, a normal part of their life. No matter where we've come from, Jesus invites us. He says, come to God. Come to God. You know, the stories of Jesus' birth, it's, it's cute, it's exciting, it's miraculous, it's wonderful. But the story of Jesus is this Son of God that grew up as a man. It's just in the city earlier. It was uh, is God with skin on. He showed us God. He showed us what love is. And he he with open arms gives this invitation. He says, "Come, come to God. Come to God. Come to the place where everything makes sense. Come to to God where, as." Jesus was given gifts. He says, you come to me and the gifts that I give back are more than you will ever, ever know. You know, we, we give him our anxious hearts and he gives us peace. We, we bring our sins and he gives us forgiveness. We bring our out-of-control lives and he makes sense of it all. He gives us abundant life. You know, we bring our confusion and our uncertainty, and he, he plants in us a future and a hope. So we, we get this choice. We, as, as we are as almost confronted by Christmas and all that it brings, we're confronted by this, this Savior of the world who says, how are you going to respond to me? Why don't we all why don't we all stand together? I'm just looking out and I know many of you and I'm getting to know many others and um, but only you know this morning where you are in relationship to God. And my encouragement to you this morning is to say yes to him again. Is to say yes to him. Yes, I will come to you and know forgiveness of my sins. I will come to you and say, will you be the one that would lead me in this life? Near the phrase, being Lord of our life what that is if 
you're in this place where you've found a little bit of that King Herod thing sneaking into your, into your head and heart where you've been starting to like push away the, the nudging and the, and the leading of, of God and, and, and looking more to protect what you want to do with your life. Come on up, guys. And um, um, you know, like this morning's an opportunity. Just go, no, no. The place where this all makes sense is the place where we choose. We choose God over ourselves in that in that driver's seat of our, of our lives. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to pray a prayer of saying yes to God. And I'm going to sort of pray it. And then if you'd like to, if this is, if this is something that you'd like to, to pray also, then I'm going to ask you to, to just to repeat it. We'll just do it all together. And it's just a prayer of saying yes to God. And you may be praying this for the very first time this morning. And... Um, and don't just repeat it just because everyone else is, you know, like engage with what's being said and repeat it if you mean it. Um, and if it is, if it's something that you've never done, you've never, you've never said yes to God and saying, yes, I will give you my life because I know that the abundance of life that I'm going to receive will, will come back to me. If you've never done that, then this, this morning, this may be God breaking into your into your day as he broke into the lives of the shepherds. So let's let's pray. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Okay, let's try that again. If you want to repeat it, this is what we're all going to do together. My guess is, is that there are a lot of you. And if and if there's nothing happening, then we'll just go, that was a dumb idea. We'll just sing a song. Father God, we thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you that he is the Savior. We celebrate with joy this time of Christmas. And we come to you again and ask that you forgive our sins. Thank you for the promise of forgiveness. And we say this morning, yes to following you. We make you Lord of our life. Help us to know you more. Help us to let go of our own agendas and to follow you with all our heart. We ask for your gift of peace. We ask for your gift of joy. And we thank you that you, we thank you 
for your love for us. Amen. Let's finish with a, with a song of, of worship together. I would, I would encourage you to take this away with you over this, this Christmas break, this question of how do I respond to God? You might be reading the Bible and uh, God just speaks to you and says, let's get this sorted out. We may give you a nudge to say that, okay, some, we're going to make some changes in this area or that area. Let's be people that say yes to him.